listening to Grace and People, a podcast about the people of Grace and Peace Austin. I'm Nate Oinen, and today we are back with Terry Dykstra, who has been an interviewer interviewer for us once before, and he's at it again. Um, Terry Dykstra is RUF minister at UT. He's originally from Atlanta, Georgia. He moved here four years ago with his wife, Mary Rose, and they have a son, Arthur. He's going to be interviewing Robert Irwin today, who is originally from Birmingham, Alabama, and he moved here in January of 2017, and he's been a member of Grace and Peace since. So let's listen in to their conversation, which was recorded on May 20th, 2021. Hey, welcome to the Grace and People podcast. I'm Terry Dykstra, and I'm joined today by Robert Irwin. Robert, how are you doing, man? Hey, Terry. Uh, doing great. It's almost the end of a week. I'm happy. Yes, How are you doing? Doing well, doing well. So a little peek behind the curtain, me and Robert, uh, we've been going to grace and peace about the same amount of time, but we really connected sometime after I preached and Robert approached me, uh, because I had used an illustration talking about my bad back um, and Robert was like, man, me too. Um, and <laughs> we, we had planned to record this a few weeks ago, but Robert, how are you doing? How's your back doing? Uh, the back's been better. Uh, but all things considered, uh, you know, doing okay at the, the time that we were planning on recording this, uh, you and I had had a, a pre-show, uh, rundown phone call. And at the time, I think I said, pretty, uh, pretty unabashedly that I was confident in my back's ability to withstand injury. And then I think a week later I injured it and, uh, I'm going to be having my third, uh, surgery, Mm. uh, in a few weeks. So, uh, but I feel good and it doesn't even feel like I'm injured really. So that's sort of a blessing, but I'm in good hands. So, uh, third time's a charm, right? That's what they say. Right. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah, well, glad to hear Glad to hear it's better. I know you and I have, have talked about it, um, off air, but man, yeah, we, I'm praying for you. Um, I sympathize as we have, have lamented together, um, around the podcast, but also outside of the podcast, um, just yes. having, being tall, having back issues, <laughs> you know, we're not, we're not old. We're in our early thirties, but, um, I remember that that pre pre podcast call, which we have since joked is the the Snyder Cut podcast, and that we should have just <laughs> recorded it. So, yes. for those of you listening, if you want to hear that, just tell me and Robert that. Um, we'll be we'll be happy to to spin it off and give you the seventy to ninety minutes of just like tall people talking about back problems <laughs> and stuff that you want, but. Um, yeah, it's, it's not fun, especially, you know, to be young guys and and to have the backs of much, much older people. Um, yeah, it's really it's really the, the curse of the tall ones. Uh, you know, I I found out that we're, we're both tall and I, I learned that uh, you're right. We're not old. We're in fact, I learned a few weeks ago that we're both the same age. We're both 32. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So we're we should be in our prime, but um <laughs> Being being the the height of an oak tree um, is is keeping us from living our best lives. I guess that is that a hashtag. 
now we're old. Uh, yeah, something like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just I saw the other day that like somebody said that like responding in like text or on social media with gifs is like a thing that old people do. So yeah, just yet another. Yeah, just yet another like confrontation with the the undefeated march of time, but. Um, yeah. So anyway, to all the people that have said like, man, I would love to have some of that height. I had plenty of those people going all the way back to high school, Robert, I'm sure you did too. Um, you can have some, but you can also take, <laughs> take the back problems that come with it. Yeah. Um, well, it, I wasn't always, I don't know about you, but I, I mean, well, we, we weren't, we weren't always this tall, obviously, but you know, fun fact for the audience, uh, when I was in ninth grade, my homecoming date was actually taller than I was. Whoa, uh, no way. Yeah, uh, that's how it goes. And then uh, around, I guess my, right before my junior year of high school is when I sort of shot up like a beanstalk. And then uh, I think I gained a couple inches in college. But um, yeah, it, it's it's nice to be tall. I can I can certainly reach shelves that... Some people can't. I, I don't know if I mentioned this to you during the call a few weeks ago, but when I first moved to Austin, I lived in South Austin and I went to the HEB on Old Torf and Congress for my groceries. And I think two or three times in the span of about a month, I was asked by um, different older ladies if I could reach like a, a carton of milk or something on a, on a higher shelf. And uh, I, that's the only time I've ever felt like a real superhero, but <laughs> is, it, is it worth the pain that accompanies it most of the year? I, I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, it's it's a trade-off for sure. Um, yeah, I, I can relate certainly to, to to reaching things for for older ladies, for anybody, um, especially working in retail. Um, I was yeah. the, the designated like top shelf guy. Yeah, I was too. We, uh, so I worked when I was, I'm, so I should back up. I'm, I'm actually, I'm originally from Birmingham, Alabama. Mm-hmm. And when I was living there, uh, during the summers between semesters of college, I worked in a, a sort of a sporting clothing, uh, retail store. And we had, I don't know if you had this, but we had like a, a wooden, it was like a pole and it had a hook on the end of it. So we could reach like backpacks and jackets <laughs> yeah. off the, the high shelves. And when I was working uh, on my days of the week, when I was working they didn't need the hook, they just had me. So, um, we're just human step ladders, <laughs> man. Right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> That's funny. I forgot about those hooks. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, originally from Birmingham, what brought you to Austin? How'd you end up at, at Grace and Peace once you got here? Yeah, so I moved here back in uh, late January 2017 was, I think it was the last weekend of that month. And I moved here. My dad helped me drive here. He he drove the U-Haul truck with all my stuff in it. And I drove my Chevy Tahoe at the time. And um, I was just sort of looking for a change. I'd, I'd lived in Birmingham my whole life um, outside of college and grad school. So I was ready to try something different. And for some reason, Austin had always appealed to me and I couldn't really figure out why I'd I'd never visited before. And I hadn't really, uh, I didn't really have a real sense of what it was like. The only, um, the only real exposure I'd had to it was when I was younger. Uh, my parents would, uh, watch Austin city limits on Mm. public television and I would watch that with them sometimes. And 
I guess maybe that just subconsciously creeped in as I got older. And, um, but I also, I also started playing live music back in 2015 when I was still in Alabama and I sort of wanted to take that, uh, to Austin and, and try it out here. And, uh, it took a little while to get in that groove of, of booking gigs and playing weddings and that kind of thing. But, uh, I've, I've, I've started to enjoy more of that the longer I've lived here. So that's been a real fun mm-hmm. part of moving here. Yeah. That's awesome. Living, living the dream. Yeah. What, what was it that was it just like watching Austin city limits or what was it that got you into, you know, wanting to, to play music, but also try to like cut it as at least a side gig, if not a career. I think it was just the appeal of the, you know, the keep it weird um, mentality. Um, I, I felt like Austin would just kind of cater to, you know, me being just a kind of a single guy in his, uh, mid to late twenties who could sort of explore a little bit and try something new. I, I, I was getting to the point where I thought if I don't, if I don't move to a new place, you know, I might never actually do it. So this is a, this is a good opportunity to, to do it. I'm not tied down by anything here at home so I can, maybe spend some, some time exploring a new city. And, um, so when I, when I interviewed for the job, I found a job here. Um, and I came and interviewed for that job and over the course of about a day and a half. And during that time, uh, I didn't really get to see a lot of Austin. I was really more, um, I was kind of confined to a specific part of downtown during that process. And so when I got the job offer, I was back in Birmingham. I was telling my parents about it. And I found out that one of my second cousins uh, lived in Cedar Park. So I got in touch with her, told her what my situation was. And she um, she invited me to stay with her and her husband and help me look for apartments here in town. Mm. And that's when I actually got to go look around and actually see like uh, South Congress and South Lamar and drive around downtown with her a little bit. And she was showing me everything. And the first meal I had, uh, was at the Torchies tacos, uh, on South yeah. Congress. And I remember seeing the, you know, Congress is great. Cause you can basically see down that straight shot all the way to the Capitol building. Mm-hmm. And I think that was, that was the first time I'd seen that from that, that view. And, uh, as soon as I saw that, I was like, yeah, this is, this is where I want to be. And, uh, it was just a, it was just a feeling originally, but then once, once I got to see what it had to offer besides where I had been for my job interview, it, I was sold. So it, it was, it was a leap of faith, but I, I mean, hmm. it's certainly been a good one in my opinion. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, you've, you've led worship, um, alongside Mac, but also when he has, uh, been away taking much deserved vacation and so on. Um, are you still trying to, you know, do gigs, do weddings, do that sort of stuff? Or has that kind of taken a backseat? So I, I definitely want to keep playing music. So the, the last few weeks I've been sort of, uh, I can't really do that now until I get healed with my back situation. But once, once that gets taken care of, uh, I definitely see myself getting back into the, the live music thing, but, um, yeah, it, it's like I said earlier, it kind of took me a while to actually get into a rhythm of getting booked because I didn't know anybody mm. here except for my, like I said, my my second cousin lived in 
Cedar Park, but I was I was kind of fresh and brand new to this entire scene. And um I had been I'd been playing, you know, various little gigs here and there in Birmingham, but they weren't really super exciting. And everyone I talked to back home who was a musician, uh pretty much said the same thing to me, which is you'll get a lot of opportunities when you move there. And then when I moved here, uh, I sort of felt overwhelmed because again, I didn't know anybody and Mm -hmm. I didn't really see myself as sort of the, you know, like a Texas musician. I was a transplant. Um, but you know, so I, I started out when I first lived here, I would go to coffee shops at night and I would just look on Google maps and I would try to find, uh, restaurants and coffee shops and bars and stuff. And I would just write down this list every night in my notebook and I would call them or email them and say, Hey, I'm looking for gigs. You know, here's some stuff I've sung before and here's a sample and, you know, let me know. And, uh, so I, I, I started out playing at Cherrywood coffee house, uh, mm-hmm. for free. They give you like a, they give you like a $10 gift card for, you know, like a couple of Topo Chico's and a coffee. And then you just make <laughs> tips but I was really excited. Like I, I it had a stage and the more I yeah. played there, the more improved the stage got, like they had a permanent covering over it. Uh, by the time I was done playing there and, uh, that evolved into a couple of winery gigs out in the hill country. And then that evolved into playing, uh, gigs down in green, Texas, um, a couple places down there. And then, um, once I launched sort of my wedding singer side hustle here, um, that took a little while to get that snowball rolling, but once it did, I got a lot of good feedback from couples and really started marketing myself. And so it's become this really fun experiment. And the, the thing I've really enjoyed lately has been being able to play for, for church. I've, I've been blessed to be able to play at grace and peace. I've been asked, um, a few times to play at Christ the King church as well in South Austin. Yeah. And, um, it's just been awesome. And, and the thing that I really love is that uh, these churches have really talented musicians and we're all really in a good groove and a rhythm whenever we play. And um, I think it's so great, especially at Grace and Peace. We have this really great sort of, uh, it feels sort of like a folk uh, vibe and a feel. I just said vibe. So that makes us a little, a little younger, right? Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, meeting, meeting Mac has been great. And, uh, Mac has allowed me to kind of take some elements of my, uh, musical style and bring that into grace and peace. You know, I play the harmonica a lot and mm-hmm. I never thought I would play that in a, in a church setting, but I've gotten to do that with grace and peace. And that's been really cool. So I, I really hope to keep doing that once I'm better. And I've been pretty, um, deliberate uh, this year about, uh, not playing gigs on Sundays anymore. So I can have time to actually not only attend church, but also have the opportunity to, to play if, if I get called up. So that's, mm-hmm. that's been a, that's been a much improved, um, aspect of just my social life gives me some time to rest. And it also opens up more opportunities to, you know, worship and, and sing with, with churches. So that's been a real fun thing too. Yeah. We're, I mean, I'm so grateful just speaking for me, um, also for, for Arthur, my son, for our family. Um, yeah. we appreciate 
how talented you and Mac um, and even Charlie and Margaret last week. Um, I don't know if you were in the sanctuary. <laughs> I was. Uh, and can I, can I just say that they, they <laughs> sounded fantastic. And I told Mac afterwards that they, when I left, I feel like I had been at a fleet Foxes concert. It was so oh, good. Yeah. It was just this, there was no percussion, but their harmonies were incredible. It's just one of the most, like one of the richest sounding uh, services. And I think, I think it had more to do with uh, just us being inside finally, which is amazing. Sure, yeah. Um, but yeah, we've, Absolutely. we've got a lot of talent for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And that's not, you know, those listening who have participated, there's obviously more than, than the people that I listed, but um, yeah, we're so grateful for it. And it's been really cool, you know, especially everything Mac did with the, the hymn sings and the, the memory verses virtually, and even like lessons and carols, all the virtual stuff that, that he has done that you and Yusup and others have, have helped with. Um, even a couple of weeks ago, Arthur was like asking to watch the lessons and carols, just like see all the music. And, um, you know, he, he just turned three, but it's been so cool to see him really enjoy that piece of it. Right. Cause like me and Mary Rose are not musical. Like we don't, play anything or do anything but um it's just been cool to see how he has like gravitated toward that and through you guys you know and that is that is a ministry absolutely um i'm always glad to uh i'm always happy when when the young kids start the young kids i might as well have just said the youngins right (laughs) man we're just getting older by the minute on this podcast (laughs) we'll be 40 by the time it's over um no i'm i'm always thrilled when uh, when the kids take an interest in music, I, I think it's great. I mean, I, I, I hope that, and it sounds like y'all are doing a good job of this too, I, as parents, like I, I really, I really wish that parents would, uh, bring music into the home as soon as possible. I just think it's such a great, um, it's just a great activity. And, uh, mm. if, if me, uh, if anything I do on stage, uh, is, is any influence on that, then I've done, I've done my job. So I'm, I'm happy about that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Keep up, keep up the good work. We, um, Arthur's birthday was last week and we got him one of those little starter electric guitars. He already has an acoustic guitar. He has a ukulele, but we got him one of the three string like Lou guitars. Um, and we use money from the great grandparents to get him like this little like amp, um, and a chord. And so he's been like, He's been so excited to play it in the morning and like as soon as he gets home from school and just like yes. carries it around and is just like strumming it and like Yes, we've planted the seeds. It's happening. Yeah. It's yeah, awesome. yeah. So I need to I need to send a picture or video that I took to Mac. Um Yes. Get get him in the like, band. Let's just see yeah. if, let's see if we can um because you know Mac Mac, you mentioned earlier with all the with all the COVID stuff, Mac did a a fantastic job with all those videos. And I mean that takes a lot of work to put together. Um, I think it'd be great to have some guests, some guest musicians. And if Arthur's mm-hmm. ready, I mean, I can see him, <laughs> I can see him playing some Jimi Hendrix chords already. I, I think he's got it in him. <laughs> right. Yeah. Maybe not yet. Cause the, the problem is getting him to stop, you know, like, <laughs> time for Pastor John maybe, but, um, but maybe in a couple of years. Yeah. Um, yeah. we already were talking to, to Charlie about like, Hey, like, how, how soon do you start lessons? You know, cause I know he's given, uh, Micah sweet some, some lessons, but, um yeah it's it's just cool to see and and yeah again is is such a testament to you you guys talent but also you know just the care and and dedication that you guys put into it um 
Yeah. So tell us, tell the audience, you know, we have talked about some of this, but, um, so you like to play music, you play some of these side gigs and stuff. Um, I did actually kind of want to ask, I don't know, you know, this is a family podcast, but I don't know if you have a, a gig or wedding story that you can share, you know, again, for like, for the context of this podcast, but I was wondering if there was anything that jumped out. Like something that something crazy that happened or something memorable. Yeah. I didn't want to say crazy, but yeah, something like memorable, funny, you know? Yeah. There's gotta be I, something I, I would think. Oh, sure. Well, there, there is, there's a spectrum and then there's, there's the crazy side and there's like the, like super heartfelt, you know, nice mm-hmm. side. So I'll, I'll stick to that. Cause this is a family <laughs> podcast, but it's like you said earlier, if, if, if people listening want to subscribe to the Snyder cut, um, yeah, we could tell some tales. Uh, <laughs> one of the coolest things that I've done, uh, musically here, I, was working. So I work in Pflugerville now, but before that I was working full-time in downtown Austin. And I got a, I got a text message or a call. I think it was a call and I went to voicemail and it was just this random guy. And I'm, I'm going to forget his name, but there's, there've been a lot of these. And, uh, this is the first one though. He, he left me a voicemail and said, Hey man, I saw you were playing down at the grapevine in green, uh, this Saturday. Uh, I was wondering if you could give me a call. And that was the message. And I was like, what in the world, what, what kind of message is this? So I call, I went outside my office on the patio and I called him back and he told me that he was proposing to his uh, girlfriend and he wanted to know if I could play a song that they could come up and dance to in this outdoor area that where I played at the winery. Um, and I was going to play the song. And then as the song kind of ended, he was going to get down on one knee and propose to this girl. Wow. Yeah. So he and I talked for about 20 minutes and we worked out a plan. And I basically said, all right, here, you're going to, you show up to the gig and I'm going to acknowledge that you're there. But as far as the rest of these people are concerned, we're going to act like I've never met you before. And when you feel like the time is right towards the end of the night, just come on up. I'm going to make an announcement about, you know, like last call for requests and then you'll come up and act like you're making the request and then we'll, we'll get it done. And so he did that and it was, it was flawless. And he came up, acted like he was requesting the song. I started playing the song. Uh, he and his girlfriend came up to the front, started dancing and, uh, there was a ton of people there. And then finally he got down one knee and she said, yes, of course. And everybody clapped and it was so cool just to, be a part of that. And I had this ginormous, ridiculous cowboy hat on and like a pearl snap shirt. And I just, I just felt like George Strait. I mean, that was just a great, uh, a great evening. So that was, that was probably the, that was one of the most fun, I guess, musical stories that I have. That was really sweet. So I got to, I'm glad I got to be a part of that a small part. Yeah. That's awesome. Thanks so much for sharing that. Yeah. Uh, so you established you're from Birmingham. Um, you, you just talked about this ridiculous cowboy hat. I think I remember seeing on Instagram a little ways back, you bought a cowboy hat. Is that right? I've got three, Terry. Three. Um, yeah. Yeah. But the thing is, is, as you know, the older I get and the more mature I become, uh, <laughs> it, it's been mostly, uh, it's been mostly trucker hats and, um, fitted caps lately. I, 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 my, I have a, uh, one, I guess curse of being tall, at least for my 
my family genetic structure is uh, all the men in our family have really big heads. Mm. Uh, so it's hard to find a good fitting cowboy hat or one that looks, you know, good. So, uh, <laughs> it, I, I've, they're, they're in the closet, they're collecting dust and I'm not sure, I'm not sure what I'm going to do with them, but I, I will say that I did wear, I did wear one of them a few months ago. I played a rehearsal dinner downtown and I had talked to the groom and the bride beforehand and they were pretty, they were pretty good about the, the Western casual aesthetic. So I, I let them know I had a hat and they were like, yeah, you should wear it. And that really made, <laughs> that really made the difference, but it's, it's pretty rare now that I wear it. I, I think the reason you asked earlier about reasons that I moved to Austin, I think it's because I could actually walk around with a cowboy hat and not be judged mm-hmm. for it, or maybe just be less judged. If I walked around Birmingham with a cowboy hat on, I think I'd, I'd probably get a lot more than just some whispers. And I mean, in the South, you know, we, we like to gossip. So there'd be a lot of that going on too. So. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Cowboy hats. Yeah. I I don't own any yet. You know, I know I'm not like you, I'm not a Texan. Um, Arthur is a Texan, but yeah. um, you know, I feel like I got to do boots and then maybe work my way up, but. Well, I'll wear some boots. I mean, everybody that, knows me knows that I, if I'm it mostly, yeah, I, I think I'd say 365 days a year, I'm finding an excuse to wear them. I, I got my first pair of boots when I was a junior in college, I think, or a senior in college. And I think that pair of boots actually made it to Austin when I moved here. And they've, they've since, they've since gone to their final resting place. But mm. uh, the only thing I have more of than hats are pairs of boots. So uh, you're doing, you're doing it right. And that's one thing that <laughs> will, uh, will suffer the back pain, uh, for our, our boots to really shine in the spotlight. Sure. Yeah. So this is, I don't know what the audience will think of this question, but I too, and again, no cowboy hats, but I have a lot of, of hats, um, to the chagrin of some, and I don't know, <laughs> I think I counted, I think it's mid low to mid twenties. How many wow. hats would you guesstimate that you have? I've got a stack of them in my closet and I just moved to a new apartment. So a lot of stuff is right. still being unpacked. Uh, if you include the cowboy hats, I probably, I probably about 15. So you're, I think you're winning actually. Okay. So congrats. Yeah. It's, it's a hard thing. Cause you know, there's, there's some I wear more than others. You know, we all have favorites, but right. I just, I have tried to be like, yeah, I'm not going to wear this one, but they all have a purpose, you know, or there's, I'm like, no, I would wear this. And like, here's the occasion, but. Now let me ask you this, since you brought it up, I'm going to, I'm going to flip the interview here real quick. Yeah. Do you, do you like, do you like baseball caps or do you like, mm-hmm. now I'm, they can't see this, but I'm wearing sort of, I guess you might call this a bucket hat. Mm-hmm. Um, it's got kind of the tall wide front. Are you partial to a certain style? I'm partial to the dad hat like yes. the soft front, you know, um, <laughs> yes. but it's a fine line because like there are some that are like too short, you know, right. Cause oh, I've yeah. tried the bucket hat like you're doing. And I do have a couple, you know, sort of like classic baseball hat with the tall front, the high crown. Right. Um, I don't know. I mean like we're both tall. Right. But like, I frankly just think like, I don't know what it is, but I, I feel like I kind of look ridiculous. Maybe it's the glasses, you know, um, the big frame glasses with the tall bucket hat on this like tall, you know, skinny guy. <laughs> right. Um, no, I feel that it's, it's definitely, it's like you said that each, 
each hat sort of has its own purpose. Like I could have, mm-hmm. I could have two similar looking hats, but they might, one might be worn, you know, on a Saturday night and one might be worn, you know, uh, you know, getting tacos or coffee on a early Sunday morning when I haven't, you know, taken a shower or something, you know, they all have different uh, purposes, but I, I get what you're mm-hmm. saying. And that's, I, I'm, I feel like I'm approaching the dad hat uh, realm. So I'm, I'm, I might have to ask you for some recommendations uh, sooner rather than later on that. <laughs> it's great. I mean, I've been wearing them since long before I was a dad, but they just feel good. <laughs> I feel like they look good on me. Um, you know, so, and most of mine, you know, most of mine, we didn't get any of into any of the, the sports stuff that we had thought we might talk about. So again, like if you're listening to this, approach us we're not trying to compete with grace and people but um <laughs> we we joked about hey let's start a sports and people offshoot of this and so um we got takes we got all kinds of stuff so if nobody approaches us about that then, then we'll know that they didn't listen and that'll hurt our feelings but but if they do then um great but listen they, um, they can't they can't hurt our feelings because our lower backs already have so boom yeah, nice. we're invincible. <laughs> man, what a way to end it. That's awesome. Well, Robert, <laughs> thank you so much, man. It's so good to talk to you. So good to see you and look forward to seeing you soon. Terry, it was a pleasure. I look forward to seeing you as well. And uh, thanks for having me, man. I appreciate it. That was Terry Dykstra interviewing Robert Irwin. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. And uh, if you're interested in being part of this part podcast as an interviewer or being interviewed, please shoot us an email. That email address is graceandpeoplepodcast at gmail.com. You can also hit myself up or Joey Perez if you see us in church. Today's podcast was produced by myself and Joey Perez. Thanks for listening. Hope you have a great day and we'll see you next time.